you know, you mock me about the the tank battle of Kursk, Kursk but it was the greatest um, uh, conflict of armor in in the world. So I've mean, heard. Yeah, so everybody else can just take their chariots and go home. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of the Germans, um, I've noticed there is a trend, uh, and this is going to be so. E oh wait, you know what I should do? Mm -hmm. You want you want me to get everybody to try to clap together? No, don't do that. Howdy, welcome to episode 93 of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian, I'll be there in 10 minutes, Grim. You know, my, my boss was always asking me, why are you late for work? And I'm like, why don't you get off my back for a minute? You know who else was always late in your family? Oh, come on. Uh, you know what? I just wanted to, I think that it should be said that I was here at 301. One of our guests was here shortly thereafter. Tirza. And I was trying to, uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do about the last two episodes. Um, you know who's been super late is uh, one of our guests, Paul Southern, because he's on EPT. That's English people's time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for the kettle to boil so I could make my tea. That's what it was. <laughs> Whoa, like, you're English? <laughs> what? Sometimes English, sometimes Australian, depending on the mood. He called that a frog. That's a funny name. I'd call it a chazwazes. Um, and then uh, rounding out our panel of of uh, splendid guests is uh, Tears of Major, the Watch Fem. Uh, is it is it Watch Fem or the Watch Fem? The Watch Fem. Brian. Yeah. Uh, short, lose the the, makes it cleaner. I I tried to do that, but it was already taken. Uh -huh. So there it is. You know, we'll have to keep brainstorming. Uh, <laughs> uh probably just I don't know. Don't make that joke. So, uh, so speaking of the Germans, uh. I have encountered some people uh, from distant lands who have come to America uh, to make a new start and make them make a new home. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because they have very strong opinions about like economic policy and and of course it's not it's not our wheel how you know we talk about the culture broadly, but we don't talk about um, you know politics as such. And so um, th there's just there's just a sense that um, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of the a lot of the people that I encounter who have come from elsewhere are had they had they only been born in America would be right-wing nuts. And um, because they're like, um, so, so for example, I encountered a guy from Argentina uh, yesterday. Now here's what's interesting and, and not in a good way. American, <clears throat> the Amer current American rate of inflation is, I can't remember, and if anybody knows this, pipe right up. Like eight and a half percent, something like that now? Is it really? Mm -hmm. Okay, 
but that's annual. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it's it it, can, it goes up incrementally each month, putting it on an annual rate of eight eight percent and change. Okay, that's not good. That is bad. Okay, and uh, I talked to a different. I, I talked to a, a woman at work um, in the last few days. She remembered pay her more her her interest rate on her mortgage in she said 79 or 80 was like 18%. Can you imagine 18%? So it's like five and change now and people are still buying like crazy. That's what I heard. Anybody heard different? Well, just lacking houses. That's the problem, especially here in North Texas. There's probably, you know what? Probably everybody could move to uh, Kansas City and be okay, right? Yeah, or yeah. back to California or New York. Not true. California is yeah. not emptying out. Right. There's still people who want to live in California because, I mean, they've got, I don't know. Well, anyway, but but I digress. Well, and I want to hear about what's go what's going on in Kansas City. And then we can argue about California and that could be a good show. That's a good show right there. So, um, Brian? Uh, no, I do want to hear about what's going on in Kansas City. Is it this uh, similar housing crunch that the rest of the most of- Yeah, but, but first let me get to the Germans, okay? So this Argentinian fellow. He was probably German at some point. Yeah. <laughs> He was certainly Teutonic adjacent, okay? And um, he, he was like, well, okay, so, so in, in Argentina, literal, the, the rate of inflation is not five to 7% annually, it's monthly. Every month, everything, gets more expensive by, I don't know, call it 6%. I just, I just read it and I just didn't remember it because it was, it was too darn high is what it was. And so, so uh, here in the United States, the previous month was 0.8% uh, month over month. Uh, um, then in April, it was 1.2% month over month. Okay, that's kind of a lot, but yeah. are you going to look up Argentina? No, you just you just told us. Why? Well, okay. Is knows Paul gets fact checked, and is there a place that we could go there to find Argentinian? There's a place for us. We can go there. We're bread. Bing, Bing, Bing search engine is the one you want. What's that? Bing search engine, that's the one everyone uses. Yeah, Brian, just Bing it. <laughs> hey, Brian, why don't you duck, duck, go? Um, let's see. Uh, so, okay. That's so, anyway. Jeeves. There you go. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Alta Vista? Alta Vista, anybody? Nope. Anyway, he gets loose. Oh, and Brian? Annual inflation, uh, an annual rate of 55.1%. And that's how they get you. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine. So what, a, a, a gallon of milk that's like $5 a gallon now would cost you $7.50? $7.50. And that's everything. But that's our, yeah, not just milk. Wait, oh, I, need to, milk. I need to make sure. So, so, so the rate of inflation is isn't just on milk; it's everything. And that's that's I think that that's the problem for a lot of people in this world is that it's not just milk. What it's cheese? What is it for? Butter. Oh, what is it for? Oat squeezings. <laughs> Anyway, so this, this guy gets loose about how the reason why 
inflation is so bad in Argentina is because um, is because they keep printing more money and giving money to the people who are lazy and who don't do anything. I don't think any, anyone else would do something like that. Okay. In America, everybody got money, whether you were lazy and did something or not, at least for a while. Um, so anyway, so that just reminded me of the time when we were in the Philippines and on Monday on our day off, we would um, uh, take a boat out to what was a floating bar. It was, uh, uh, it was like, imagine like um, a bamboo hut that was on pontoons and then you could like sit at the bar and then they could like make fish uh, that, you know, they, they'd feed you and, you know, serve you beers and you could jump off and swim. And, you know, it was, it was, it was actually one of the coolest things, but uh, one of, um, but I think it was like, it was owned by like three Europeans and two of them were German. They were a German couple. And, and so when was this? This was in 95. So I was just talking to the guy one, one morning or one afternoon and, and just saying, you know, so West Germany has poured more money proportionately into East Germany than the Americans did Europe during the Marshall Plan. It's funny to me that East Germany continues to lag behind economically um and then uh i was okay what what was the name of the east german car the lada lada so pg o'rourke said the worst thing that could be said about communism was they took a bunch of germans and made a car like the lada so, so in the west you have bmws and mercedes-benz and then um, and in East Germany, they have a car that you would prefer a Peugeot to. So, uh, so anyway, I'm talking to this guy and I, I say this and he says, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. He says, <laughs> he gets off on a tirade about the culture in the East and how they just had things provided for them. And they don't understand that you must be, and I quote, boom, 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 economically powerful, end quote. And I'm thinking, wow, we would, even if, even if we believe that, we, we know better than to say boom, 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 economically powerful in America. I mean, it raises some eyebrows. One of the other women with us was Polish, and she gets me to side, and she's like, "I told you not to talk politics with those people." <laughs> anyway, the, the the floating bar reminds me of uh, didn't uh, didn't Daniel Craig's James Bond or didn't James Bond like spend some time when he was like away on a floating bar where he did like a scorpion trick? One of the recent movies. I thought it was on a. I thought it was in a beach on a yeah, beach. I th but I think there was a floating bar there too. So so was he there? Uh, no, uh, he wasn't. Did you do the scorpion trick? What's the scorpion trick? You know what? I've decided, and we've spent a lot of. Th this is our ninety third episode. We have hours for public consumption and most of them i'm sure have been spent on james bond movies which aren't even that important to me i mean we have discussed james bond movies beyond all sense of proportion but i've, I've decided i don't like the daniel craig ones i'll take <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get canceled now joe that's what's going to do it Tirza seemed to nod in agreement Tirza, your thoughts on that? on Daniel Craig as James Bond here are my thoughts on James Bond movies I watch them 
and then they just evaporate right off my brain. I couldn't tell you if there was even a bar scene in one of them. All I remember is suits, running, beautiful people. That's all I remember. What was the scorpion trick? They put a, uh, a scorpion on your hand and then and with your other hand, or I think maybe with the same hand, you have to uh, take a take shot, shot and then take the shot glass and like catch the scorpion in it without him stinging you. That doesn't sound like something I would do. <laughs> with the scorpion or taking a shot? I was thinking of the scorpion. <laughs> The, the the other proposition gets dicier every day. <laughs> uh, in fact, yeah, there, like yesterday's funniest thing was, or, or the last episode's funniest thing was uh, my sister and I, and and what was on our on our family crest, uh, the family motto was, "Yep, I'm still drinking." <laughs> Which was something Missy said, and then what? Do either of you remember either the other, the the, the second and third, mod, family mottos? And they may be lost. Okay. They may be lost since we weren't able to record. Um. All right. What? Uh, oh. Oh. Tirza, uh, can you give us a real estate report from uh, Kansas City? Sure can. Uh, it says, I, I believe that active listings are down by nearly 25% year over year. And average sale prices have increased by almost 7% in the last 12 months. My personal experience is uh, my friend, and I'm from the sticks outside of Kansas City, but my friend sold a house on eight acres out here. Several thousand dollars over asking cash offer and within just a few days of listing it. So that was nice for her, but I'd hate to be buying right now. So, <laughs> pardon me, is this, do we suppose this is part of the work from home thing that people are going to a, a mid-sized town like Kansas City and, and, and paying whatever they want? Uh, for one thing, I, I mean, it's like it's like Superman, you know, because of the difference because of Earth's yellow sun or something, you know, is able to. Uh, so so people can move from California and they're like essentially from Krypton and can afford it. <laughs> rich enough to buy any house. I think that's true. I think there's a lot of influx into the area. Another thing I've noticed is the apartment buildings just going up but it seems like they're constantly building uh, apartments and lofts in the city market area in downtown kansas city the city market is like a revitalizing it's been revitalizing for 15 years it's, I think excuse it's me there. i have some smoothie in my mouth let me get a fork and finish this off it's really nice down there now oh no um, it doesn't it, look I like mean, a smoothie, it's, Jeff. It's more of a it's more of a roughy. <laughs> you you may, may you may have taken it out too early. <laughs> I want to spend some time talking about smoothies too, but we'll get to it because this is actually kind of interesting and serious, but not not you know Germans talking about politics and and um, Brian. I, I have some like really interesting hard numbers about the real estate market in the United States. Um, since 1950, um, each decade, um, home builders have built a, a somewhere around 25 million homes per year, per decade. From 2010 to 2019, 5.8 million homes were built. Wait, what were the dates again? 2010 to 2019. So but, from, but, 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 
but from 1950 on, they've been averaging about 25 million new homes built per year. Why the slowdown in 2010? Is that is that like the the hangover from the 2008 the, credit? The yeah, the mortgage crisis. Uh, home building essentially stopped at that period of time. Um, and and, the, and is, isn't it correct? If anybody knows different, it, well, you, you guys, you know the rules. If I'm full of, if I'm full of soup, just say so. But the real, the real threat that the world faced in 2008, 2009 with the credit crisis, the, 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 the more, what'd you call it? The housing crisis um, was that the financial mechanisms for credit could have seized and nobody could have gotten money for anything. Right. It, it, it would have been, it would have been like, um, uh, musical chairs where the music stops and anybody left standing when the music stopped can't buy milk at any price. Right. The, uh, the second lowest time, uh, second number of lowest uh, housing starts yeah. um, was, was during the depression. 5.4 million homes were built during that time during 1930 to 1939, that decade. And the, demograph the, the demographics, there weren't, there weren't a ton of babies being right. born during the depression. Right. Um, whereas young boomers, not, excuse me, uh, young Gen Xers and millennials are now having a ton of kids. Some, some two at a time. Okay, you're, you know what? Your kids are going to be out of the house. They're going to have their own family soon. You're going to be Grandpa Brian. Is it also, can someone explain it to me? Because I've observed this, but I don't really understand it. Why it seems like the system is, leans towards people renting. That's what people want. It's the way the, the structure is made up. For people that are younger, they want them to just rent, whereas it's harder for them to buy homes. I've observed that, but I don't, I don't quite know why that is. I'd say comparing it, the US having just recently bought a house here, it's easier in the US. There's a lot more liquidity in the US than there is in Europe, for example. Like, the fact that you can put only 3% down on a house is unheard of in the UK. Um, it's still not allowed. And that was that was something that they stopped after the last housing crash for, for that reason, because there was just too much, um, too much money going around. Uh, it's I think maybe certainly in our experience, it's easier to rent, definitely, as in you could do it quicker. But when we, when we were looking at it, for like for example, for a say a two bed apartment, you were looking at minimum eighteen hundred dollars a month, all in up to two thousand if you wanted a nice apartment plus two thousand plus. You factor in then you're paying a mortgage, and at least then you've you've got something to that's yours in you know as an investment further down the line. Uh, I know there was some, there, there's a there's a there was some something pieces coming out basically saying that a lot of the problem is people with a lot more income are going out and buying all of these properties, which is then further driving up these prices, and then they're having them as part of their their property empire. So I know, for example, in the UK and some seaside towns, they've started to ban people from outside of the area buying homes as second homes or Airbnbs or and stuff like that. And as Brian says, if they're not building them quick enough, then it's, it's creating this this shortage. It's creating creating this this sort of excessive demand, isn't there? Mm -hmm. We've seen something similar here, Paul, with um, uh, homeowners associations starting to put things into place that limit um, investors from buying properties in, in, in neighborhoods. They're fascists. Home, HOAs 
stands for fascism or or or, or does it does it does it allow people to buy homes instead of instead of allowing for uh housing to be treated like a commodity like oil or nickel i'm not i'm not saying that they're wrong on this one though they are probably wrong about the turquoise door that i want to <laughs> paint okay and and you know Mussolini made the trains run on time. What do you got to say about that? I mean, I was just saying, HOAs, however correct, on some on some matters, are fascist. Okay. We were having a very a very nuanced uh, discussion with uh, a, a wide range of input from our various guests, and Jeff just comes back and just throws cold water on the whole thing. Just, you know, <laughs> typical left-wing liberal just comes in and shouts Nazi at everybody, and then that's it. <laughs> okay, okay, I have a, I have a question for Tirza. Um, okay, and by the way, and this was covered, right? But, but I mean, young people, so I mean, if you're 30 and if you're in, your, in the market for your first home, um, I mean, there's a reason why it's a call to starter home. Right. And, and, and so if if that inventory has all been sucked up from rental renters or they're not building anymore, um, uh, it makes it hard because, you know, you can't get into a house for four hundred thousand dollars because whatever the down payment has to be um, a 30, you know, a 30 year old typically doesn't have that. I mean, trust fund kids do, but that's not most of us. So I had a question. So here in North Dallas, uh, it has not been uncommon uh, in the last year that when renter, like apartment renters uh, lease expires, it's gone up by say 40% or $500 a month. Now that's a pretty big chunk for the average person. I mean, if you're if you're paying 12 and now it's 17, you got to do more than cancel Peacock to cover that nut. Is that going on in Kansas City, Tirza? Yeah. And as far as I'm aware of it, um, it's definitely going on out here. Prices are going up. But yeah. And, and you're, you're in an area, uh, isn't it? Okay, so there's like the city center, and then you've got the suburbs, and then you have the exurbs, right? And Brian, isn't yeah. that where you still drive through some fields to get to an exurb? But but they're developing, and somewhere in the next 15 to 50 years, it's all going to be houses, right? That's what we expect? Okay. I'm sorry, tears. It just, okay, so you're, you're really in an exurb. People can drive yeah. through farms and horse, horse acreages to get to your place. Oh yeah, and many people in this community work in the city, uh, so we're pretty close. Yes, but there's it doesn't seem like much in the area uh, stays on the market for long, even the apartments that go up for rent, and yeah. The, the prices are going up steadily. Okay. But okay. it's still, I mean, it's much cheaper, even you're talking about California, New York, it's still probably the cheapest place in this country to live is in this area. Well. And our I mean, weather's well, so nice, so. Omaha, I mean, Omaha, Des Moines, all, all these are going to be places similar, right? Mm-hmm. The quad cities of uh, Rock Island, Moline, um, and then uh, the other two, Bettendorf, and then the other one. The, the, I mean, everything in the vast interior, right? Which has been for a generation hollowing out. Everybody's been leaving, going to the cities. Now with high-speed internet and, a, you know, a certain kind of job, you could live anywhere. Okay. So what, what are people paying for apartment 
rents in Kansas City? Do you have any idea? No, I don't really know. Okay. Anybody want to Netscape this? I haven't looked in a couple of years. Okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the spot, but yours hasn't gone up by forty percent. But in yeah. your in, okay. All right. Uh, average average rent in Kansas City is eleven hundred dollars for eight hundred ninety three square feet. And expensive, but that ain't cheap. Pretty average, pretty mediocre. Kansas City in a nutshell. Uh, Denver. Since you asked, since you since you asked, Jeff, is uh, eighteen seventy nine a month for eight hundred and forty two square feet. So about that's a lot of. I mean, dude, I'm sorry, that's a lot of money. I mean, when Julene and I were young, I mean, I don't know how we could have swung that. I, the first apartment for Sarah and I was six hundred bucks a month, and then and it was an average apartment, probably maybe slightly below average apartment. Like, in Fort Worth, by comparison, is thirteen fifty a month for an eight seventy three square foot. Okay, okay. Um, so one of the other things that would have corresponded to twenty not building houses from twenty ten to twenty nineteen wouldn't that have been rising anti immigrant uh, sentiment? I mean, is there somebody to build the houses without an influx of immigrants? I, I think that that's, I do think that that's part of it. I mean, there's always been for the last several years, there's been a, a lot of talk about the, the labor shortage. Um, and, uh, but, but not only that, but also um, skilled labor as far as things that you have to have a license for, plumbers, HVAC technicians, electricians. Um, the guys that I know that are in that business cannot find teenagers who are willing to do that kind of work. Um, as Why do you think that is? Why do you think that so many people don't want to go into the trade jobs? Because it's hard. It's hard work. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard. <laughs> and uh, I've done, yeah, go I've ahead. done a little bit of, oh, I've just done a little bit of training for like black iron work, uh, some, you know, HVAC work, and it is difficult, but I enjoyed it. I didn't go into that work, but it is rewarding. Nothing's as hard as digging a hole, though. I'm just happy every day. I'm not out digging a hole. <laughs> that's that's what's keeping me out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's that's really funny. I I just read a thing how uh, uh, here in North Texas they don't have enough guys to uh, lay bricks, um, and which is the main siding that you see driving out and about and uh it actually made me think of at times uh tears that you and i both worked um um on a on a mm -hmm. brick project um mm -hmm. help, helping some friends out uh putting some some bricks some brick up and i mean for one thing i mean you know you don't you don't get it down in a weekend you know so you know mud squeezes out and then it stains the brick and then you hear about it and you're like well i was just trying to help and um but anyway, anyway i mean i mean say you got good at it i mean honestly a guy a guy my age uh can't get better or can't really take it up because i mean can you i mean when i was in the when i got back from the philippines and i i was in the best physical condition of my life i was 30 years old and um i'd walked everywhere and i was reasonably strong and i dropped a ton of weight and i was helping some friends with the construction thing and i was a hod carrier so uh 
carrying a wheelbarrow of wet cement and mortar mortar is that what it's called mm -hmm. that's what i call it well it, they called it mud but i didn't want anybody to think that it was dirt and water though <laughs> both of those things were in it um so i'm i'm you know i mean it kicked my tail by so i worked monday through friday and half a day on saturday and by that saturday i mean i i really wanted to help i really wanted to do a good job and i was like kind of hiding in a fetal position to, trying to squeeze out a break without without just saying like the worst punk in the history of the world and so 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 it is hard but like guys you know guys my parents age uh will say things like nobody wants nobody wants to be the guy who walks out on the roof of the building to take the side panel off the air conditioning unit to do the thing that has to fix it what they want is to sit in an air conditioned office and work a keyboard and just make it go is anybody any yeah. thoughts on that yeah absolutely especially i think even more so for yeah, not necessarily my generation. I think there's still quite a, a good mix from the friends, group of friends that I know for people who have physical jobs to office jobs. But certainly I see it a lot more in the younger ones that, and you, you read plenty about it, they want to just go straight into a job that pays 75 grand a year minimum and they just sit at a desk and don't have to do a lot. They certainly don't want to be out there breaking their back. And I have a friend who's got a roofing business. And he's he's always struggling to get laborers to, to help him out. Always. That's in England? No, that's here. Yeah, it's here in North Texas. Yeah. Okay, being on a roof in North Texas, I mean, you're inviting temperatures of like 135 degrees. I oh, yeah. Now. Quite a bit cooler, though slicker in jolly old <laughs> yeah tears plus they're, all, plus they're all thatched so you know it's a different <laughs> <laughs> i've never had an office job um and i just don't think i could do it mentally i think it would be so boring so draining and i feel like i would feel like i would be wasting my time that being said, I did work one summer as a landscaper. Landscaper, we, we mowed lawns. They called it landscaping when they hired me and then they plopped me onto a mower. <laughs> I mowed all summer and I hated it. I hated it so much. I was so afraid the entire summer because I'm afraid of um, small engines and things that are small engines that are connected to spinning blades. Mm. But I didn't know that until I had this job. So uh, it was hard, but it was rewarding, but I didn't stick with it either. I went on and to do something else. Because you developed this phobia about. <laughs> it was always there. I just discovered it. Sharp spinning metal blades. You're afraid of something like that. <laughs> so if I showed you, you a blender right now, would you like, <laughs> would you shriek? If I had to drive it around, I sure would. <laughs> If I had to drive it up a hill, that's like 30 degrees, 40 degrees up a hill, and I'm standing up trying not to pop a wheelie or fall off, I sure would be afraid. <laughs> I used to I used to work at a, a golf course doing golf course maintenance, which was a lot of mowing lawns um, and, uh, you know, picking up trash and, you know, raking the sand traps and things like that. It was it was a lot of fun because um, you got to cruise around on golf carts and stuff like that all the time. But um, there was one section of the golf course that was a really steep hill and, uh, you know, every, every week it had to get mowed, um, because it wasn't part of the, the course where they played, but it was inside the property. Um, and so it was just a once a week job, but whoever, you know, got on the bad side of the boss that week had to go mow the hill and they had a, a special mower for that one. And it was one that must've been developed in like the 1940s. Cause it had the handles where you squeeze to turn it mm -hmm. 
and um, like a tank, like a tank, Jeff. <laughs> um, but uh, it had this, it was, it had this great big platform with the, the blades underneath it. And uh, you'd have to go up the hill and down the hill, but I get to the top and I lose my footing. And like, I start to lose control of this big piece of metal with the spinning blades and it starts to slide and I slide and my foot goes underneath the, the deck, the platform, you know, where the, where the blades are. And to this day, I don't know how I didn't lose my foot because it was, it was under there. Close call. Right, you, you guys didn't know that Brian had a wooden leg. That's true. I've only seen him sitting down. <laughs> and since then, that's all how anybody sees me. My very first day, they put me on, I, you know, I applied and I said, I know how to drive a zero turn mower, which is true. The ones you sit on. They had stand, have you seen those standing zero turn mowers with the, the palm controls where you mm -hmm. squeeze it? Sitting is the They're, new smoking. Mm -hmm. yeah well they they say yeah get on this and go and i'm like uh, i don't even know how to turn that thing on i should have quit the first day what else did, did you lie about in your interview madam <laughs> nothing nothing that i i wasn't afraid they didn't know how afraid i was till after i quit so i hit it well nice. one one summer i worked for a fencing company and uh um one Saturday, they had us oh. work overtime. Are you going to tell the story about how tanned you were and how that really hot older woman was like, wow, you're so tan. No, I'm not going to tell that story, but thanks for reminding me. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I show up one Saturday and they're like, hey, the person that you normally work with isn't here. We're going to send you out to work with the setters, the post setters. And so the post setters are the guys who go out like the week before the finishers would come and they'd set all the posts and then they'd have to cure for a week. Um, but they're like, so, but the problem is, is that the guy that you're working with lost his license and they're, and I'm 18 years old. They're like, but you have a CDL, right? I'm like, CDL, like a Colorado driver's license. They're like, is that a yes? And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I've got one of those. Okay, great. They put me in this huge truck with with the guy and, I, and i'm like i don't i don't know how to drive this thing and the, one of the old guys he's like i'll take you around the block it's a piece of cake you don't need to worry about it and okay no lie this thing was a monster and it, it had the button on the gear shift for like high low and i'm like i don't even know like when to when to press that thing and when not to press it a great big steering wheel um and uh, i had to turn on to santa fe turn left on the santa fe in this this is a really this is a really busy street with like tons of trucks and other commuters and everybody's Dude. going 60 miles an hour on it right and uh like i almost got blasted <laughs> like in my first 30 seconds turning onto santa fe with this truck i had to drive all the way out to aurora and uh <laughs> okay for those of you following along with google maps or apple maps Maybe Bing Maps. I don't know. Maybe MapQuest. There's a long. It's a long city commute for young Brian. And a massive truck. It was. You know what? I've noticed the Brits will say massive instead of huge. Yeah. 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 Was it a disaster? Oh, it was. Um, it was. It was a huge disaster. Or. It was a massive disaster. That's just the next step on the scale of how bad of or how big something is, you know. What, so what, massive is just the next level up. It was it was major, major. How's that? That's a little bit lower. I'm oh, going okay. major, Brian. then huge. Brian, going back to this uh, this truck that you were driving as an eighteen year old. Mm -hmm. Did it have anything that uh, was similar to the inner workings of a of a tank, it, say uh, a, a Sherman tank, a, 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 a Panzer, a, a T thirty four? Yeah, all that. Yeah. Okay. So the the, the thought that on top. 
Yeah, the thought that keeps coming to mind is that truck is that truck that Indiana Jones got stuck under, uh, <laughs> something like that. So for a while, I was driving a truck that was the biggest truck you could drive without a CDL, and that was a pretty big truck. And um, um, yours must have been larger because it required a CDL, a, Cal a Colorado driver's license, which also could have been California or Connecticut. Yeah, but that's that's not what CDL means. <laughs> the, the my employer had plausible deniability. <laughs> he said that he had a commercial driver's license, when in fact I said no, I have a Colorado driver's license. But you have a CDL, right? <laughs> like, it's right? like that line in Dumb and Dumber. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Uh, we talked about books yesterday. Anybody watched any interesting? Anybody watched a movie? Anything you want to talk about? I watched the newest Batman movie. Why? Anybody watch a movie besides that? I I love myself some DC. I just can't I can't stop. It's like an addiction. This one's a lot less harmful than my previous addictions. But... <laughs> <laughs> um say no more please um um okay robert i don't know team edward batman just leaves me cold and it's and it just they just seem like ever since the 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 stunning success um with both commercially and critically and popularly of um uh, what was the second christopher nolan dark knight dark knight okay with 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 heath ledger yeah that's the problem that was the pinnacle and then they cast ben affleck as the next one which just see i actually I, I i i will tell you i didn't mind ben affleck as batman as the older batman um uh in the 80s frank miller did the dark knight it was a four-part um graphic novel miniseries and it was great and it was a much older batman who had come out of retirement and they they they, they took shortcuts and they screwed it up and they went straight to batman versus superman dawn of justice which was just the worst piece of junk i've ever seen except for those seven glorious minutes with gal gadot Oh, what was your thoughts on the Patman? The Patman, I like it. I mean, that, that's that's got some marketing potential. I like it. We should uh, we should try and run with that. Get some t-shirts printed. Um, oh, did I, somebody say t-shirts? <laughs> because we want everyone in uh, managing expectations land to be aware of uh, managingexpectationspodcast.com. That's where you go to uh, get your awesome big, big face t-shirt and coming soon, a ladies line of uh, racerback um, uh, tanks. Thanks, uh, yeah. you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian, can you make me co-host so I can mute you? <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> uh, wow, I walked right into that. Brian's trying to make me older and nerdier than I really am. I think people who know me know how older, how old and nerdy I am. I'm a nerdy old man. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, managingexpectationspodcast.com for... Um, our merchandise such as it is and a, a growing line of uh, merchandise yeah we need uh, i'm i'm looking at um some tank tops tank tops mm. for the ladies because not everybody was digging okay well i, I we don't need to get into it also 
Mrs. Winger is expanding her line of awesome homemade stuff. And so you can go to uh, Mrs. Winger, M-R-S-W-E-N-G-E-R.com. Check that out. Paul's father-in-law is going to be trying to sell some things on mrswinger.com. And man, if there's anything that I love, it's being in business with my brother-in-law, with Paul's father-in-law. The one and only Brent J. Knitfer. BK Broilers. Um, okay, so anyway, I'm has, sorry. Has he, has he said what he's selling? Sunday is a day when I hope against hope that I can sleep in to like seven o'clock. But if I can get to like six, six thirty, I am so happy. I get a text from from BJK. All right. And he sends me and I kid you not. I, I don't even know if I can find it. I may have. I, I mean, I am like this close to blocking his number. But um he he says uh now this is nature's winger art animal migration in the u.s that was 5 a.m sunday morning and so he, he sends me this map of uh, uh animal mi migration so like wolves and stuff and like they, how they like i don't know they chip up or something <laughs> and then like they like leave a trail on satellite Brian, you, I don't know if I'm being clear or if you just can't believe that Paul and I are married into this lunatic's family. I, I was just going to say that that sounds fascinating. Can you forward that to me? <laughs> no, no, we, we, we've got a, we've got a solution. We'll just pass on your number, Brian. That's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 problem no need. Out <laughs> oh, the middleman. You know, at, 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 okay, so my brother-in-law has always been kind of a dandy, right? And at Paul's wedding, so Paul and my niece's wedding, he wore um, like a dark blue, was it velour or velvet? It was, yeah, but it was, uh, it was more of an electric blue. Okay, like, okay, an, an electric blue velvet. Oh, no, sorry, it was like a navy blue with an electric blue lapels. Suit with matching top hat. <laughs> hey, other... hey Willie Willy Wonka, save some chocolate for the rest of us. My uh, uh, my other brother-in-law, Justin, says, uh, "Hey, remember that time we went to a wedding and, and the mayor of Whoville was there?" <laughs> I he actually reminded me. I don't know if you guys like remember like the uh, HR Puffin stuff, uh, Sid and Marty Croft. Uh, cinematic universe but it was more of a lidsville kind of uh uh feel as far as i was concerned <laughs> all right um let me see if you can see that uh yeah that was the jacket i believe it was custom made <laughs> Well, off the rack, a, a velvet, a velvet jacket. Oh, there like you go. <laughs> okay, the hat's not the way I remember it. That's more of a, I don't know what that is. That's like a Burgermeister hat. Like all is he that? needs is like a little feather coming out the side. And I can it's practice. He's probably there the on the other pa, side. Pa, um, pa, pa. Drilling into that German heritage. Which isn't actually as German as they think. Did you know this? You know how they commit their uh, solidly Germanic heritage that they like to talk about. 
people. You know, you can get those you, me, 23 or whatever it is. Who did that? Brent, Brent did one. We, we bought one for them for their anniversary once. We bought it for them to see what they got. So Kiana's mom got what we expected. Um, uh, Schwarzer. <laughs> pure Argentinian, yep. Um, <laughs> Brent's came back as, I think it was like 80% British. Well, that's because... Um, Donna. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Mom, the mom, my mother-in-law, is, is really British. So the, the German percentage was only, and it, it got lumped in as Northern European rather than an actual German, only came back as 5%. So next time anyone in that family tries to tell you they're German, you can tell them they're lying. Okay, well, here's the thing. They, they sure as the world act German. <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry you have to hear this. Uh, no, it's fine. Do you have any idea how long your, your family of Grimm's have been in the States? Uh, great grandpa pop, uh, Otto Grimm, um, came uh, the first, he first showed up in Pennsylvania, um, around 1850. Really? And then, um, was in, uh, in Colorado, um, right around 1870, 1869. Didn't waste a lot of time in Pennsylvania, did he? Nope. I'm sure there's a story. What's was he in the folktale business? No. Really? Really, Tirza? Go to your room. Go to your room. Go wait in the car. Go wait in the car. Should, should put her in the oh, waiting I room. Did. You know better than that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Wingers, apparently, um, my branch of the tribe's been um in like since the 1750s but um and thoroughly unremarkable people paul how long have your family been in the states uh 2021 yeah so not quite as long as you guys but pretty pretty good pretty good heritage yeah are, are you here because because the British government just keeps giving money to people who are a bunch of lazy layabouts who contribute only to inflation. Well, I thought I'd leave one broke country and go to another one, so I've seen on a logical step. <laughs> Can Canada's um, just too rich for my blood. Ah, uh, Canada. Wow. Here's a. Not uh, Although your, I, your turn. Although I have a, an English surname major, my dad was adopted by his stepfather, so we are obviously Germanic in some way. I don't know why um, you say obviously. No, <laughs> but by the way, that your your dirndl is very flattering. <laughs> well. <laughs> I once met someone from Switzerland. She wanted to know where my family was from as well. And I said, I'm not really sure. There's some French from my mother's side and some Native American from my father's side and then some German. Yeah, there's some German. And she's like, oh yeah, we just need to put you in lederhosen. So there you go. that's for the listeners at home. They can just picture a German lass. <laughs> I, I think that late lederhosen, the leather short pants, uh, are well, mostly are mostly a dude thing. Though I'm pretty sure that there are certain establishments in Berlin where they're not well, sticklers. Maybe that's not what she meant, but you know, she made her point. I looked her. Let's that get was you into some lederhosen. <laughs> maybe it was just a personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> and that little girl grew up to be Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Wait, is that the one? Is that the joke I wanted to make? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you're going. 
Um, uh, uh, if you were to ever see, if if you were to ever see Tears' dad, he looks so British. Uh, or he did the last time I saw him. He's got he he absolutely looks like the sort of British officer who would like you know be who <laughs> would say things like come come lads we must confound jerry at every turn <laughs> he's got, he's got this like you know fuller brush mustache that cops are envious of um uh uh you know look i'm not i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with male pattern baldness but he's ahead of the curve on the three of us okay and um you know you see him in like in khaki pants and a a khaki uh um vest and you you kind of hear that music from the from the jungle book when the elephants are marching Tears, am I wrong? I guess not. Yeah, he's he's got he's got a a sort of uh, what would you call it a British what 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 would be the the right term like a reserved quality uh, reserved uh, stateliness t- t- typically dignified right um. But, you know, obviously, I think we know who got the job done in the West. Well, that's the thing. He would look British, and then you talk to him, and you'd be like, that's an American boy right there. <laughs> mm. You really? Yeah. Uh, see, I think, okay, so th- th- uh, we need, we got to start wrapping this up, but I mean, I... Um, uh, was in a conversation uh, with some Germans or, or no, they, I don't know if they were British or Germans, but they were in a, um, a sort of branch facility in, in, the, uh, in the continent. And uh, uh, they, they were just talking about the differences between people. Um, like, you know, I was taking, I was touring this facility and um, I asked a German if you'd take a picture. This is long before uh, cameras on your phone, kids. So I asked this uh, German fellow if he would take a picture of uh, me and Mrs. Winger and, and the, the party we were with. And uh, he took our picture and then says something in German. And I said to one of the people with us, "Is like, so what was that? He says, he says your 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 lens is a little dirty and you should you should wipe it wipe it clean." And I was like, well, that was the most German thing ever. He says, no, if it was the most German thing ever, he'd have taken it apart and done it for you. Um, but but uh, there was this consensus that Germans can almost get the job done, but there's, there's, there's no fun. And sometimes they overreach. I mean, and, and, and I think I've told stories before about like my friend, uh, my best friend from high school, who was in the Peace Corps and was in West Africa, and like the, like the German aid workers would just show up with heavy equipment and say, "Where do you want to road?" And then they're like, "Well, aren't you going to teach us how to work the stuff?" So, no, you're never going to touch our stuff. But if you want a road, we'll build you a road. But we you, don't touch our stuff. <laughs> which is which is hilarious to me and by the way bob my buddy from high school said that the mentality was they don't really want they didn't really want roads because roads are how gorillas from the countryside get to the capital city and overthrow everything so like western aid services would build roads and then the locals would come tear them all up and that's the state of the world so um, so the, the Germans, the, the English can get things done, but they're too tight too. Americans get the job done, but they have fun while they're doing it. And um, respectfully, 
I, I, I don't really think your dad is a guy who gets things done with the most fun possible. That hasn't been my experience. And so based on that, I would say he's still more British to me than he is uh, that little boy from Cape Girardeau. So I, we can close on this. I mean, I, I'll defer no, to your judgment since you must know him better. So. Well, or I could defer <laughs> to your judgment because you lived with him for 25 years. And, and until you, you know, till you establish yourself in the swank pad that we on Zoom see now. Um, anybody seen the Missouri flag? I mean, not that I have strong opinions about flags, but it is the worst possible combination of the Confederate and French flags. It was kind of touch. I also saw an awesome tweet. <laughs> this was great. <laughs> said, um, Cinco de Mayo isn't just about love of Mexicans. It's also hatred of the French, which, which I thought was like the most, <laughs> the most stunning uh, uh, at advocacy of Cinco de Mayo I'd ever heard. Okay, anybody got anything else? Okay, um, well, listen, uh, so thanks very much for you guys being, being with us. Uh, we've got some stuff um, coming up, got stuff to do. Um, those of you listening, oh, some of us have stuff coming up really quick, apparently, according, if I'm judging one face properly. So Managing Expectations podcast. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, share this podcast with people. We, we want India back. We want Iceland back. We want all the I countries back. Indonesia, we're coming for you, okay? I can't think of any more I countries, but- Ireland. What? Ireland. And Paul, I kind of want to know, I mean, Aren't there, are, are there still like Ian Paisley kind of Ulster unionists up there who are going to like? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. So we, we can save that for the next episode. Yeah. The to. 70s are still not done. Okay. Oh, no. the, the 70s are still not done. All right. No. So um, uh, check out mrswinger.com. Check out Chris Levine's Refresher Pop Therapy podcast. Uh, check out uh, Ray's comic book store at allinadream.us. So on behalf of Tirza Major, Paul Southern, and Brian, the aide-de-camp Grimm, I'm Jeff Winger. 